Welcome everyone. We are the Call the Foster podcast. My name is Shasta Miller and I am a field support manager with the Missouri Children's Division. I have my two favorite hosts with me today and they are Jessica Hugstep, supervisor over the Southeast Region Resource Unit and Ashton Kiever. I'm the communications professional for Children's Division. And our guest today is a current foster parent with Children's Division. Um, Allie, can you introduce yourself and just tell us how long you've been fostering? Yeah, I'm Allie Cut. I am 25 years old, and I actually just got licensed um, in the past three months. So I'm pretty new, but um, I've been familiar with the um, fostering aspect and um, just how it all goes for several years now, and I can explain that later on. Okay, Allie, so you are very, very new. Well, welcome. Welcome. Um, three months. Um, I bet you have a lot of insight to bring um, to those who maybe are thinking about fostering. So, um, how'd you get started, Allie? So... <laughs> It's a very funny story, actually. Mm -hmm. Um, um, So when I was in high school, I, quote-unquote, adopted, not really, but um, mentored, basically, um, three beautiful little girls who were brought into my best friend's home who was Mm -hmm. a foster parent. And they absolutely stole my heart, Um, their story, um, just the girls that they were and how strong they were. It was just amazing to see. And um, it was amazing to see my friend um, open her heart and open her home to uh, fostering. And so when I graduated high school, um, I... I already knew when I was in high school that I wanted to become a foster parent. But I did not know that you had to be um, 21 or over to foster. That's true. Mm -hmm. And I um, went to the DCS office um, here locally um, with my mom, who is also going to be signing up for classes. And we went in and we... Um, did the introduction class, and um, I'm sitting there, and we're filling out all the paperwork, and um, my current licensing worker, who I have right now, and it's really funny, comes up to me that day, and she says, how old are you? And I told her I was 18, and she said, I'm really sorry, but you're not old enough. And I got really upset and really bummed. So I just, I walked out and I was like, okay, it's not the time. But I kept pushing. I went to college, um, got halfway through my college um, career, and um, it was slowing down a little bit. So I decided, and I had finally turned 21, and so I decided that I would contact DCS again and get some things started, and then life happened, and then uh, life happened again. I tried to go through the classes, I think, about four times before actually 
um, being able to um, being able to actually be licensed. Wow! So at the fourth time, which was this year in March, um, I started the classes, and then was licensed in May. You were but, really um, passionate about this, story huh? About that. <laughs> Do what? You, Allie, you were really passionate about this, huh? I was. I was. Um, I, I have gone through a lot of medical um, things in my life, um, so I'm unable to have children of my own. Mm. And if you asked me at three years old what I wanted to be, I said I wanted to be a mom. Aww. And when I found out when I was in high school, I found out that I wasn't able to have children of my own. Mm-hmm. And I knew adoption was really far out there and really expensive. And then when I um, started mentoring my best friend's um, three foster um, girls, I, it opened my eyes and I was like, you know what, instead of going through the heartbreak of trying to adopt and waiting and waiting, there's millions of kids out there who need a home and I can offer that. And so I just really, I really took it to heart and really, um, really thought about it and was praying about it and was just like, you know what, this may be what I'm called to do. Um, I have um, an amazing support system and was able to actually buy my own house last summer. Oh, and so, congratulations. Um, thank you. And so I have three bedrooms to offer and when I just sat down and thought about it, I was just like, yeah, I think this is what I'm called to do. If, if, if I can't have kids of my own, then I'm going to open up my home and open up my heart mm-hmm. and love the kids that come through and give them the support and the safety net that they need until they can either be reunified or um, be um, combed in a relative or if it comes down to it, I will adopt them. But Mm. I went into it, and I want to say to potential foster parents, when you go into fostering, a lot of people go into it with the mindset of foster to adopt. Yep. Absolutely, yeah. And I, I, I will say, when I started going into it, that was a little bit of my mindset. Yeah. But when I accepted my first placement, he was a little boy, and he was um, he was nonverbal, and I have a um, I have work experience with um, children on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. And when he entered my home, I fell and we just clicked. He was amazing. He was a great kid. But I saw how amazing his relationship with his parents were. Oh, I and love I saw that. And I saw how amazing his parents were and how hard they were trying to work 
to get him back. Mm. And when I received him as my placement and saw all of that, it kind of just flipped the switch in my brain. Yeah. And that's just what I want to say to all the foster parents out there. It's not a lot of these placements. They're not going to be your forever kids. They're just going to be, they're going to be forever in your heart, but they're not going to be forever in your home. Not always. And what you have to come to the conclusion is they're your kids in that moment and you have to treat them like your own. But once it's time for them to go home, you, you have to let your heart let them go because Mm. they are being, they're being reunified with their parents and with the people they love and miss so dearly. And when he finally went home to his parents, it, it broke my heart, and I, I, I grieved, I cried, I bawled the minute he left. Mm-hmm. But it was the most beautiful thing because he was so excited to yeah. go home. So, Allie, can I ask you a quick question? Um, so is do you think that's what it what needed to happen was you really needed to see the connection that little boy had with his parents for you to kind of flip that switch in your brain? You needed to see it? Yes, yes, because the little girls that I mentored um, for my friend, um, she still has them um, about, I think it's been about seven years. And she will have them until they age out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I saw fostering for the first time, it was one of those um, they're there and they're never going to leave. Right. Even though the parents are still working the case. Mm-hmm. Um, it was almost like I went into it with the mindset of a negativity against the parents yes. who yep. have lost their children. And when I received this little boy, it that's what flipped the switch. And another, another really like top thing I want to tell foster parents is don't um, judge the parents in uh, the situation. I'm so glad no you matter, said that, Allie. No matter what they have done, no matter how bad the situation is. And it's hard. It's really hard for to see these kids come to your home and all the trauma they face. It's really hard to not judge these parents. Of how could you let this happen? Or how could you do this or that or whatever? But you have to look at it in a place of they were, they're experiencing trauma themselves. Mm-hmm. And they could have very possibly been a child in the system themselves and they're trying to break that cycle and so to help them the parents you need to see them in a positive way and see the positive things that they're doing and Mm -hmm. support them and really have a good relationship with them Mm -hmm. um i really am a big advocate for when the child has a visit with their parents Send some pictures, send artwork, mm-hmm. send any anything the child has made or in if the if the child is a baby, send some pictures of some milestones that they've hit. I mean, just be really open with them and let them 
still be a part of the child's life so that they don't feel like they're missing so much. And that'll also help in the long run with you when it's time for that child to go home. You won't be so, so heartbroken because you'll be able to um, see how far that parent has come and be really proud of them. Yeah, yeah. So um, Allie actually mentioned something earlier on in this that I want to come back to because I think um, it's it's a really good starting place kind of yeah. for, the, for the getting started kind of yeah. conversation is, you know, she at 18 was already so right. interested that she was working on paperwork. But um, she found out that day mm-hmm. in an unfortunate, unsa- you know, and it was upsetting for her that she couldn't do it until she was 21. Right. So, you know, what are those initial things that that are required before you can become a foster parent? Like, do, you know, do you have to have your own home? Do you have to be married? Okay. Uh, all right. So you have to be 21. No, you do not have to be married. You can be single. You can be in a relationship. Um, it, it, there's all different kinds of looks for foster parents, right? Um, you don't have to own your home. You can rent. Um, we do have to know from the landlord that it's okay that you are a foster parent, that kids are going to be coming in and out of your home, right? You can live with someone else, um, but that person has to be involved in the part of the home study, making sure, right, like, background checks, things like that are done. You don't have to actually have your own home, but they do have to have those checks. Um, I could talk forever on the different things, but those are the main things, and the background checks are main thing. There's certain um, qualifications for background checks that you can't have certain criminal records, things like that. Um, but other than that, like Ali said, you to have love and open your home. Yeah, like, so have an open heart. So you have to be 21. Mm-hmm. You have to pass a background check. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And have a place to live. Yeah, stable housing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Is there any other And be willing to like, and be willing to, you know, complete the necessary training right. and um, home study process. And financially too. Um, you know, you do have to have a Good, you know, income to bill stable. ratio, meaning stable, right? Meaning you need to be stable that way um, as long as you can take care of the children. But you also get uh, maintenance through the state. And we look at it as reimbursement for the money you're already paying out for those children, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you can use the money for those children, whether it's, you know, athletic fees or, you know, things that they need. Okay, that's great. I just thought that might be a really good thing to sort of stop and like yeah. level set on is yeah. like if, if you are new listening to this podcast and you are considering foster care, like um, it, it isn't there. I think there's a lot of um, maybe stigmas out there of what, what, a, yeah. what a perfect foster parent looks like. Right. But I don't know that um, I, I don't I think a lot of the times. You're probably qualified. Yeah, yeah and so, Allie's doing it by herself, right? And Allie, we talked about you getting started. And I was just wondering things that you learned in like your first 30 days of being a foster parent. Oh, wow. I I mean, it was a flood of information. You know, I went <laughs> into it and I was like, okay, I'll get my first call. I'll get the kid. 
you know, we'll settle in and that'll be it. And we'll be visit this and that. But it was a lot more than yeah. um, I I thought. Um, you know, that you once you get a placement, you have to have them checked out by a doctor within 24 hours. Yes, you um, do. This particular placement that I had, um, he was placed on a Friday night. So we were not able to get him to the doctor until Monday, which is apparently okay. Yes. Um, my 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 worker uh, okay that, but I didn't I did not realize that um, that you had to have a visit or a doctor's appointment within 24 hours just to get them, which is great, just to get them checked over head to toe. Yep. Have all your teeth crossed, eyes dot, and whatever. Um, I. How was it, like, about, like, core and all the meetings? Well, um, this little boy, he was actually only in my home for, I think, like, two weeks. Um, It was was very quick. He um, had been in a previous placement, and that placement was unable to continue to care for him. And um, they were actually just finishing up um, the, um, I guess, requirements for him to be reunified. And so really um, the only thing that he did when he was in my home was have phone visits because he was, uh, we were a long ways away from his uh, Mm -hmm. parents. Mm-hmm. So we didn't have any court or anything like that. But with my next placement, um, we have had court every 30 days, FST meetings every 30 days. Um, court is very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, you learn a lot more about your case than what is given to you in the moment of that child being placed with you we just had our first uh visit with um her father and um that was really cool to see because he had previously been incarcerated Mm -hmm. and so he was not allowed to visit with her um i didn't and i didn't realize that uh she is so young that um, children under the age, I'm not sure what the age cutoff is, but um, children under a certain age cannot visit a parent or a caregiver who is incarcerated. So, right, um, right, Allie. So, I, like, it, it depends on the jail or prison. They have age um, guidelines and things like that. So, I just wanted to explain that for a minute. Yeah. Um, but he he was really um, really excited to see her, and it was really just it was just really cool to see so, and heartwarming hey, to see that. Hey, Allie, can I ask you a question? Were you as the yeah. foster parent supervising that visit, or somebody else? I was not. It was somebody okay. else. But um, I saw him after the visit. Um, we were at court. And he, I, I could just see on his face how happy he was Aww. and just um, how just, I don't, what's the word? Um, 
I guess rejuvenated almost. Yeah. Because mm. he, he had something to fight for now. Yeah. And um, was able to actually um, be there with her. So. Mm. Um, so, you know, this is kind of a little different than what we're talking about right now, but I'm just curious because I think, um, I don't think we've talked about this on this podcast yet. And as a younger person, um, you know, invested in all of this, you know, what does your life look like? Do you have a relationship? If you don't mind me asking, I'm, I'm getting a little bit personal, but like, you, you mentioned in, being interested in adopting and, and like what happens if all of that happens? I don't know if you're in a relationship, but like what happens if that happens before you find your your person, if you're looking for a person, yeah. you know? I'm just interested yeah. to hear your perspective. Yeah, so currently I'm not in a relationship. Um, I haven't been in a relationship for a couple years um, just for various things. Um, I um, used to live in Tennessee for college, so um, when I moved back to Missouri, the relationship that I had in Tennessee, we just kind of mutually broke that off because he wasn't moving, so that it just wouldn't work long term. Mm-hmm. But um, right now, I'm I'm a really independent person, mm-hmm. and I'm not currently. I mean, if the right guy came along, I wouldn't be opposed, but I'm not just actively looking or um, wishing or hoping. Um, right now, really, my focus is being a foster mama and hope, hopefully being a mom one day um, if I decide to pursue adoption. Um, but if I do adopt and... I'm still not in a relationship. Um, I almost, I don't know, I I almost see that as a positive thing because I would get to bond with that child a little bit more. Um, Yeah, you'll get to be the favorite. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. But if a partner decided, or if a... um, if a partner came into my life during that child's life, of course, I mean, I would want them to be able to accept that, yes, this yeah. is my child. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I know that once I adopt, if I'm not in a relationship that at that time, I know it will be harder to get into a relationship just because, you know, people right now probably aren't, ready for that commitment of both a partner and a kid right now. But I'm willing to sacrifice that for to have a child. Um, That's just been my whole dream from the time I can talk is to have a child of my own or to open my home to children. I've always loved children. I worked with children from the time I went in college, from uh, when I graduated college, I babysat all through high school. Um, And so I've just really been drawn to kids. And so that has been my main priority. Thank you, Allie, for sharing that. That's so wonderful. And you brought up, you know, sacrifice. Foster parents sacrifice a lot for for the children. 
um, they're, whether they're called to do it or whether it's been a lifelong dream like you, Allie, or, you know, they do make sacrifices. They put the children in foster care first. And yeah. my hat's off to them. Like, you, you do the work. You are the ones with those children 24-7. 24-7, you are doing the work. You're there for them. You are a parent to them. <clears throat> Even though you're not a biological parent, you're fostering them and their whole family. Yeah. And I, I want to jump in there real quick. And you said um, you are there for them 24-7. And I just want to say something to either foster, current foster parents or potential foster parents out there. When you accept your placement and you have them for... My current placement, I've had her for over two months now, and um, she is an infant, and so it has been a really humbling experience because I am there for her Mm 24-7. She knows me right now as her nurturer and her carer and the person that's there when she is up in the night or when she cries. And that goes the same for older children as well. But for foster parents, it can be kind of hard. Um, and you can have, and it's okay to have this feeling, I, because I had this feeling in the very first month of this current placement, this almost feeling of resentment towards the biological parent. Yeah. Um, because you're putting in all of this work. You're there for this child 24-7. And then all of a sudden, this parent does what they're supposed to, and then the child is removed from your home and reunified with that parent. And you're kind of left sitting there almost questioning, well, did what I do make an impact? Absolutely, it did. That child, no matter what their age, is going to remember what you did for them and how you made them feel in those times and in those months, days, weeks, whatever it is that they were with you. And so don't, like, feel what you feel, feel your feelings, feel that resentment, but... Don't keep it and don't harbor it in there because that is just going to harm, hinder, that's just going to hinder your relationship with not only the foster child but with their parents as well or whomever is trying to gain custody of them. And if that hinders that relationship, it's going to be very hard to let go or to uh, foster a relationship with them so that that transition when they do leave your home is easier. So just <clears throat> hey, Allie. Best, yeah, I just have a. I want to touch on something that you said. Um, so you first of all, thank you for being vulnerable. Um, this is a tough subject, and I think, but this is a real subject, and I think um, there's a lot of foster families, parents out there that have felt that resentment and have. Um, had those feelings, right? So when you went through this and, the, and this happened to you, um, what? who did you lean on and what supports did you really have to pull 
pull towards you to kind of get through it? Yeah, so my my mom and dad are very, very much involved um, in um, the um, fostering aspect of my life. They're involved in my life 24-7. Um, I'm very close with them. And so um, I lean on my mom and my dad a lot. But I also, um, when I became a foster parent, I discovered I live in a very small town, so there's not many um, foster parents around Mm -hmm. um, to lean on, but I discovered one specific person who was actually a a former fifth grade teacher of mine. She's a foster parent as well, and we got back into contact. And she said, hey, I know she's been a foster parent for um, three years, four years, uh, a pretty long time. And um, she reached out and she said, hey, I know it's going to be hard. Whenever you have those hard feelings, call me. I'll be over there. Mm. You can talk to me, whatever. And so when I began to go through those hard feelings, I talked to my mom, but she didn't really understand it, and she was having those feelings as well yeah. in a little bit of an aspect. Yeah. So I called on that foster parent that knew what I was going through, mm-hmm. and I leaned on her, and she really is the one who pulled me out of that and gave me that mm-hmm. new perspective of, yes, you are their caregiver for 24-7, but they are going back into a loving home. And you have to accept that this is just momentary. This is just temporary. And you put your heart and soul in it 24-7 so that these children are prepared and loved and safe when they reunify. Yeah, um, so I think that's really excellent advice to people listening, the audience, future foster families. What I hear you say is leaning on your supports, leaning on your family, leaning on connect, connect with foster parents, other foster parents, uh, make those connections and really be vulnerable and lean on them. And I I think that's a really good message to send because uh, we all need supports. Um so thank you for sharing that. And thank you for giving like tips to incoming interested foster parents, right? Or already licensed foster parents. I really appreciate your tips that you um, talked about. But one last thing I was just curious about is how's your relationship been with Children's Division? It's been great, actually. Yay, um, so my, glad to hear that. Bye. I love my licensing worker. Um, she was actually the person that told me um, when I was 18 that I wasn't old enough. And then when I started my actual classes this year, she was the one who was the trainer for that class. And so it was really cool to see that full circle. But my licensing, like I said, my licensing worker, she's amazing. She, um, I was having a hard time a couple weeks ago with some feelings, 
and she had come in for my 60-day um, home visit or um, home study um, recheck, I guess. And um, I, I talked to her about it, and she said, you know what, if the outcome you're talking about happens, I know it's going to be upsetting. You call me, and I'll come over there, and we'll just we'll talk about it. We'll cry it out. She's just amazing. And the caseworker for each child that I foster has been awesome. That's awesome. I can That's reach so out to them at any time. That's really great. So it's great. been wonderful. That's really great, Allie. That's really, really great. Um, so, Allie, uh, I, I have one last question for you um, as we're going to wrap up. Uh, you've given so many great tips and advice. Um, we really haven't had to ask too many questions mm -hmm. because you're just really insightful. Really appreciate that. Um, but let's say, Allie, I am your neighbor and I knock on your door and I say, you know, Allie, I've heard that you've entered into this crazy foster care system and you're fostering. Um, I think it might be something I want to do, but I'm really nervous and... I don't really know where to begin, and um, yeah, I'm scared. So, Allie, in, in one sentence, what advice would you tell me? I actually had that happen a couple oh. weeks ago with my adopted sister. Um, oh. She's been struggling with infertility and wants to open her home, and mm. I told her in one sentence, I said, it's going to be hard. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be a wild ride, but it's going to be the most amazing experience you will ever have. Oh. And you will have so much love given to you and jump out there, try it, give it a go, open your heart, but be ready for the heartbreak. I love oh, it. Thank you. Allie. Oh, so is she going to do it? I think so. I oh, think so. Yay. Found ourselves a recruiter. Woo-woo. Um, well, I'm really happy to hear that because that's exactly why we're doing this podcast, Allie, is we're trying to reach as many people as we can because we know there's people like you who have the heart to do this work. And it's not easy work, and it's going to break your heart, but it's going to be amazing all in, the same, all in the same sentence. So, Allie, I really appreciate your time today. I appreciate your commitment to our foster kids, your commitment, really your whole life commitment, because you've wanted to do this for so long. Um, I And then I also appreciate your energy. And just thank you so much for being on our podcast. Really, really appreciate it. Hey, yeah, thank, you're welcome. Thank, thank you, you Allie. And just know you've got this. All right? All right. Thank you so much. All right. Bye. Thank you, Allie. Have a good day. Bye. You too. Bye. She is wise she's beyond great. her years. She is. She's 25 years old, you guys. That's insane. I can tell you when I was 25, there ain't no way. Ain't no way I could foster. And I, and I, and I know that um, life has thrown her a lot of curves, and life has brought her to be a foster parent at an early age for a reason. Yeah, absolutely. She is going to have a lifelong um, journey and a lifelong way to touch many many children's hearts she at three months in three months in she gets the big picture she gets the big goal she talked about how important it is to work foster the biological family um she she's now experienced that hurt that her heart being broken and her she was real transparent about her resentment 
yeah. towards by all parents and how you get through that, how you jump over the hoops. Um, she's she's going to be an, a really great advocate. And yes. only three months in, I see great things from Miss Allie. I think she was a really great guest to have on this podcast because I think there's a lot of young people out mm-hmm. there that – that think about, well, what's something that I could be doing to uh, make a difference? Or like like her, maybe they're like, man, I really just love children and I want to yes. do what I can. And, 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 and they have, maybe they have their own home and it's just like them and their dog, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a lot of people like there that is. out there that just don't really think yep. about foster care as an option. They don't really yep. think about it as like something that they're able to do because so often in Hollywood, it's portrayed as a, a married couple right, looking definitely. for a family yeah, yeah. or, um, you know, things like that. Yeah. But Allie, she's a single female and she's 25, you know, and she's doing it. So you can she do is. it too, listeners. You can do it too. Yeah, absolutely. And she talks a lot about supports, right? She has yeah. her mom and dad and that her previous uh, teacher who was a foster parent, all that's all that's really really important. Um, and it was nice to hear that our children's division workers are very supportive. Very yeah. nice. Very and all and all of them. All of them. With. I love hearing that, of course. Um, but this was a really good episode, and I hope there is young people that are listening to this podcast and um, really hear what Allie has to say. If Allie, at the age of twenty five, single, can do it, then if it's in your heart, you can too. Absolutely. Um, just pick up the phone and dial 1-800-554-2222. Or you can go to dss.mo.gov backslash CD. Or you can call any local children's division office and ask for a licensing worker. Um, pick up the phone and make that call. This is the Call to Foster podcast. Please join us next month. Please like and subscribe and share. Share this because there's a lot of people out there who need to hear from Miss Allie, who need to hear from other foster parents to take that next step and jump on this crazy thing called fostering. (laughs) You can find us on Spotify, DSS, Facebook, Apple, YouTube, Instagram, and hopefully many, many more platforms. Uh, Join us next month. Uh, We'll see you later. Adios. Bye. At the Department of Social Services, we are dedicated to inspiring more Missourians to help us provide quality, loving homes to the children in our care. Help us reach our future foster parents by leaving a review, subscribing, and sharing this podcast on your social media platforms.